following podcast may contain strong language. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to Hallmark of Greatness, Last Orders, the podcast where we look back into the films that our Hallmark favourite actors and directors would rather forget they were involved with. I'm Joe, and with me as always are my co-hosts, she has spent the past fortnight wearing tan slacks and a hard rock cafe t-shirt while gripping a piece of red polyester. It's Bernadette. Polyester! <laughs> <laughs> and a man who has raised awareness of the cost and plight of the baby-handed community. It's James! <laughs> right, now, okay. Do you want to clear I'll... up the baby-handed thing from last week? Because <laughs> I've had so... nothing but, what? <laughs> from people. <laughs> I nearly had drink come out my nose. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to clear up a bit about this, because what happened was i did all the facts factual research on this um and this 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 amount of money that uh yeah he spent about 96 pounds so i went on to a gift site and i tried to find something that cost 90 pounds and it wasn't funny whatever it was i can't remember it wasn't funny <laughs> so i scrolled down to something that cost 10 pounds that i could buy nine of which happened to be Tiny hands, a little helping hand. I've got the picture in front of me. It's just a man aghast holding two tiny hands with it. Yeah, they're little sort of puppet hands, aren't they? That you hold with your real arms, but have a long jacket on. So what I did was, I just wrote that down on the page. I thought, oh yeah, times nine tiny hats. That's where it'll come out. That's fine. Right, so that's actually (laughs) cleared up for future And then I forgot what the provenance of that was. <laughs> then we came into this, and it's like, well, what can that get you? Oh, nine tiny hands. I'd just like to point out as well that it is pairs of hands, um, <laughs> and they can be used for any occasion. You know, funeral, wedding, bar mitzvah. Lord Mayor's posh dinner. Yeah, all those things. <laughs> you were trying to figure out what a Lord Mayor would do then. Mayors can get out. Yeah, they don't do now, do they? All they've got is a big gold chain, and they just get free food. Electoral crime with tiny hands. I mean, Radcliffe there hasn't even got a gold chain because it got nicked. <laughs> got nicked out of the car while they were opening a fate or something. So there's some scumbag in Radcliffe walking about with a big mayoral gold chain. He's going to get that. He's going to get one of them tricorn hats and become like a rogue town crier. I was going to say, it's going to turn up in a rap video or something. <laughs> I'm the mayor. No. <laughs> As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Hallmark of Great and Instagram and Facebook at Hallmark of Greatness. You can also email us, hallmarkofgreatness at gmail.com. So, Barney, you're regretting this decision, aren't you? I am immensely. <laughs> what did we learn? Just because something sounds good. <laughs> Doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be amazing. Take you into... Oh, no, synopsis. I keep doing this. I've written it down now. Synopsis for the 1993 film Carnosaur. I mean, that music makes it sound really wholesome, like it's a Hallmark film. I haven't got time to write jingles for everything. I am only one man. (laughs) James, your synopsis, please. Okay. I spent a lot of time on this, and then... We were a bit delayed in, in releasing this, so I decided to extend it by two-thirds. Oh, criminal. There we go. Carnosaur, 1993. 
When a carnival becomes sentient and begins eating people, maverick journalist Roderick Bent hatches a show-stopping plan to bring everything back under control using only a spoon, a bayonet light bulb, and a small Belgian child. And that was as far as I got. It's good. I like to think he was called Frederick, the Belgian child. Um, Barney, as you are now not doing synopsis after one week, <laughs> I believe you looked at this tremendously groovy poster. Of which there are about there are about three different posters for this film as well, depending on which release of it you got. <laughs> well, you told me last week that the poster for Blood Fist was all right, so I thought, well, I'll have a look at this one, and it's, I, uh, no, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> so, but possibly because a real T Rex would strike fear in anyone's heart, the movie poster uses what can assume is a plastic toy T Rex. To make it more ferocious, it was backlit almost as if you're holding a torch under your chin to tell a few ghost stories. Or if you like butter. <laughs> and the tagline was, driven to extinction, ec- uh, driven to extinction, back for revenge. Okay. The actual synopsis of this, a genetically manipulated and very hungry dinosaur escapes from a bioengineering company and wreaks havoc on a local desert town. A security guard and a girl environmentalist, girl environmentalist, try to stop both it and the company's doomsday bioweapon. Now that I would watch, because that sounds pretty pretty good. They're not kind to environmentalists either, are they, in this film? The very hungry dinosaur. It sounds like a kid's book. I was just thinking that. On the first day, it had one environmentalist. (laughs) Hungry wasn't needed in there. Two sheriffs on the third day. The plot uh, for Jurassic Park isn't there are some very hungry dinosaurs in a park. Uh, the trailer. Let's listen. What the hell is it? Hmm. Looks like some kind of lizard. <laughs> The Earth was not made for us. She was made for the dinosaurs. The Earth was scaled to their dimensions. Human beings are ants crawling through their living rooms. That's that's really fabulous. Like a great. So I think that was it done. You missed, the, you, missed, you missed the one joke in the film, you spoke over it. Yeah, that's probably about as much dialogue as, as is in the actual film as well. I think that's all the lines of dialogue that are spoken in this film. There's I mean, it just sounds like that. And it, there's just like a sort of dark swirl and then lasers and you're done. <laughs> lasers. Hmm. Lasers that will burn you or they've nicked from a disco. <laughs> My one interesting fact I know about this is... The guy who who wrote the music for it, whose name I didn't write down, also did Blood Fist 2 and 3, Forced to Fight, but not Blood Fist 1. <laughs> he was brought on later on in the franchise after his work on this, I'm guessing. I hear yeah, that. so that's how we got to this point. Uh, so it was the New Horizons Concord um, thing. I don't know what 
it was called at this point, but it's uh, the Roger Corman Production Company. Um, and they did Kick Puncher. No, it's not Kick Puncher, Blood Fist. Blood I forgot Fist. what it was called. Because it's got such a generic, violent <laughs> name. And they did that. And that was our last one. And then this one. And this is probably the most famous film that they've done, as far as I can tell. Everybody talks about this film. There's yeah. chatter everywhere from the early 90s of, oh, God, they've done this. Yeah, uh, I don't know why, because this is a real bad film. I can't even appreciate it on an ironic level. It just left me depressed at the end. <laughs> like, the whole film was pointless, because, spoilers, everybody dies. No, you see, I, I watched it, and I felt the same as you. And then five minutes afterwards, I thought, we're going to have to talk about this. Yep. Opening credits. Raphael's barge? Raphael's sparge. Is this a typo? <laughs> and it keeps doing video, um, like cutting to chickens in a processing plant, which I didn't care for. Maybe yes, I cemented my vegetarianism, this. Yeah, it made me feel a bit, little bit queasy. But it kept cutting up with... There's a lot of green text at the bottom of the screen in this. like in About DNA being compatible. Yeah, right. Do you want to know what the sample species were that they used to create these dinosaurs? I did try to keep up with it. I do I, I do have a favourite sample. Go on. Okay. Ostrich. Yeah. Iguana. Vulture. Yeah. Albatross. Pelican. <laughs> crocodile. And turkey. Oh, yeah. I wish there'd been a pelican one. So that was all the sample DNA, and they wanted it to look like a chicken. <laughs> I've put turkey as the winner. So was that the one that was closest matched or something? I don't know why I've brought that. I'm guessing so, yeah. I think it was taking all the bits of the DNA and mixing and them up in it. like a Petri dish and then stuffing it up a chicken. Right. Oh, no, because I thought the same way. I thought they were looking at all these different animals and then they hit upon the one that was a success, which was a chicken. <laughs> but somewhere out there, there is a massive ostrich dinosaur film that needs to be made. I'd rather see <laughs> the pelican version. Yeah, he just instead of eating people, he just stores them in his pouch for later. <laughs> yeah, well, I thought it was really weird because it's in sort of like black and white, this chicken factory where, you know, they're chlorinating chickens and everything. And it almost has like the kind of like frame rate to Pathé newsreels from yeah. World War II or something. Just, just ends, the opening sequence ends on just chicken bits being washed down a big drain. It's like lovely. This 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 sets the scene beautifully for your masterpiece. It's very dark. It's oh, yeah, all of it is. Can they not afford lighting? I was talking sort of spiritually, but yeah, oh, no, it's I mean, a very but... dark film. So. <laughs> they couldn't afford lighting or dialogue for a lot of this film. But after that horrific chickens hanging from their feet, that we just cut straight to a boardroom. It's the war room from uh, <laughs> Doctor Strangelove. Yeah. So this, I didn't get this from what they were saying but it's actually DARPA is the government agency yes. Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency DARPA yes. um, and it zooms in on a man's forehead uh, and he looks like Ted from Scrubs that's all I wrote down of him. Yeah. well he's mucking about with a light box for some reason I don't know maybe he's sketching and we find out that Dr Tiptree has been breeding chickens on DARPA's money to try and make them better but they can't interfere with any of it because she still holds the patents for two years or something. Yeah. Yeah, it was something to do with... So they didn't want to name what corporation it was that she was working with. It was like a kind of public-private partnership situation. But the corporation representative 
had a big coke can in front of him. <laughs> there was everyone was drinking right. coke around that table. There was there was two big coke placements in this film. That one, one <laughs> later on. Yes, I noticed that as well. And all I wrote down because of that was Coca Cola, and I was very pleased with myself. <laughs> very well done. Yeah, I didn't understand what this was about. To be honest, we cut to Doctor Trip Tiptree, who is watching chickens being loaded into a van on the camera, which. Yeah, it's better than Gogglebox, I guess, but it's, it's, it's. Well, then I've just wrote puts on glasses, so I don't know why I don't know why that was pivotal to me, but I've wrote she puts on glasses. Science, science <laughs> no is going to happen. Why. <laughs> yeah, she's sort of in her in the nerve center of her empire. Watching, I've put down it was like C-SPAN for chickens or something. It just, was the chicken factory. One. It was the UNESCO. Yeah, that's UNESCO. a <laughs> uh, Not to be confused with that. It was the factory where they load all the chickens that have been affected by Tip Tree. So, like all the mutant chickens, all the ones with bigger chicken breasts or legs or whatever it is she's trying to do with them. I don't know. Were they though? Because the two blokes that like sneak in, I thought, are they from Peter? Because are they trying to rescue the chickens? No, they're delivery men. It's all oh. very vague. It's just because, like, the guy says, don't let anybody in or out, and then they get. He was the guard, and they, he's like, I have to drive these chucks to Fort Wayne's, or whatever it is he says. So, yeah, the security guard fails at his job. He's just like, we're late. It's like, well, go on then. It's like, well, no, he just says, don't let anybody out. But they're yes. late, so, you know, it's fine. I might try that one. Yes. Uh, we've got them driving in a lorry, and they do some quality bants. Oh. Where he, he's a uh, look out for strangely organic matter. And he says, oh, sounds like my wife, strangely orgasmic matter. And then they both laugh and I die a bit more inside. I can't believe I missed the joke. You've missed well, two. I know. <laughs> Say joke. Oh, that's, that was close. To, like, that felt improv as well. It's like, put a swear in there. Yeah. In the back of the lorry, a chicken explodes. <laughs> yeah. Like, but leaves behind a massive egg, which did it That's inflate? how it's amazed. Chickens exactly. explode and leave the eggs behind. Oh, man. That's disgusting. Is that where nuggets <laughs> come from, do you reckon? <laughs> There's a lot of people sneezing in this film as well, and it's, it's very And wiping it on their hands, which in the current yeah, global crisis feels very... I mean, well, they didn't know okay. to sneeze into their elbow, did they? Come on. Vampire cough. <laughs> oh, this is... Oh, she found, uh, the guy phones up and says, uh, don't let anyone leave the quadrant. I always like it when people use the word quadrant because it doesn't mean anything, does it? It's just something people say to sound better on films. And we meet Susan as well, who is Dr. Tiptree's assistant, who we only ever see on a video monitor until the end. It's <laughs> like the fact that he gave her a name. Hello, Susan. Yeah. Yeah, there's some more lorry play. Somebody gets attacked by an egg, don't they? Not Clint Howard. It's his mate. I'm just put uh, eaten by something because we don't actually see what it is, do we? He gets at this moment, down his face. Yeah, he pulls over because all the chickens are going mental. He opens the back and he's like, "Oh, all the chickens are loose." And then we get the dinosaur cam, <laughs> the, the green dinosaur cam, and he goes, "Ah!" And someone's drawn felt tip on his face. I don't know if it's at this point, but somebody says, "I've never seen such nervous chickens." And I thought that's, that's, Clint, that's Clint Howard. Chicken is a byword for cowardice. Everywhere, isn't it? It's like <laughs> they're not known for courage. Uh, I also, at this bit, I noticed as well that the, all that green lettering that was in the you know the title sequence is still there, yeah. and it keeps coming up with really irritating. So it says something like, 
infected cells per million at whatever point yeah. they're at. And then it finishes that with a percentage sign. And that's not what per million means. That's what, exactly what I thought. It would just be a number. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was a small point, but it kept coming up again and again. And I thought, that, you don't know this. <laughs> you haven't got a good grasp on this. Don't do it. And then somebody says, you'll be fucking chickens in Arkansas, which I just loved as a line. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the small desert town uh, was Climax, Nevada, which oh. is, a, is a fun, also another joke. Yeah. Because he kept saying at the top of the green text, Climax. And I was like, mm, don't what, like this. Right now? <laughs> <laughs> it's about kill that chicken. Uh, yeah, I was like, there's so much green lettering going on with this. This is where the, the snotty guard waves him through after like literally wiping his snotty hand on the thing. He gets, I don't know, the thing comes out of the truck, scares, scars him. And then comes back and munches him up, and we see the reflection in his naked lady mudflap as he gets <laughs> munched up, and some good switchy legs. Yeah, I put wrapped a moment because that kind of covers it. And then it sort of introduces the main protagonist of the film. It took me a long time to realize this was the same guy all the way through. Yes. Because in yeah. every shot, he looked different. Like it wasn't filmed at the same time. He kept coming back to do reshoots. It's a very dimly lit room that he's in as well when, when he's sort of brought into it and you can just hear something on in the background, which I wrote down, but now it doesn't make any sense at all because it just says, Tabula rasa, blank slate, could wipe his brain. And I think he's just watching something on the TV that's he's saying watching, that. Well, has, he, he sits down no, with a bottle of beer in his hand and he says, a bottle in front of me for a frontal lobotomy. So I think he's watching like medical videos. Yeah, it's weirder <laughs> in a way, isn't it? Now, uh, I, again, he doesn't explain who this guy is. He, he hears a noise outside, and he yeah. sees two people running off. He chases after them for seven paces, and then goes, oh, well, I tried. <laughs> well, he says, something... well, he gets his gun then, doesn't he? And he says, I can't shoot for shit. <laughs> and then I'll chase them down by getting in a massive digger that are renowned for going about two miles an hour. If yeah, now, in hindsight, they are protesters and he's driving them off the land. Uh, and you're supposed to get this from some of the graffiti that's sprayed on there, except that the graffiti doesn't make sense either because what it says in all caps is stop the aim. <laughs> Which presumably pain, yes. and they've missed out the P? <laughs> I don't know. Mm. And yeah, yeah, he, he says that he can't shoot for shit, which is a great way to terrify your opponents. <laughs> but I just put down, who is this madman chasing? Because it doesn't explain anything. I didn't see the graffiti, probably because it was filmed no. at night. It was uh, so dark. With yeah. no external lights, just a guy with a torch waving that around. <laughs> yeah, he goes to get into another tractor, digger thing, where someone is trapped in the wheel with a balaclava on. He, t- he comes out, takes her out. Yeah, a uh, balaclava lady uh, who is announced as... Uh, I don't know if it's at this point that she's announced, but she... No, 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 no. There's a, there's a scene in an ambulance where they found... They're scraping that dead guy off the road. Scraping the they? dead guy off the road. Uh, they put him in an ambulance. They drive him to a doctor's who then phones up someone else and says, I'm sending you a wound sample. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which isn't a thing. That, Can you do that? Bit. But I mean, the, the 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 woman that he's found though, he calls the sheriff up. So the sheriff is introduced as well, and then he's very misogynistic about her, and he says that she's a girl or a woman in lycra. Uh, and then it cuts to to. And did you get his name, the doctor? No, I thought it was a coroner at first, but he's just a GP, I think. Uh, his name, 
His name? Dr. Climax, come on, fingers crossed. It's even better. It's Dr. Sterling Raven. Nice. Wow. Dr. Sterling Raven. Changed his Um, name when he was going through a difficult goth phase, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He he fills up a pasta dish with some man meat and then, yeah, threatens to send it off to somebody called Gene for his birthday. I was like, is he putting a side of salmon in there? What's happening? It looks like teriyaki salmon. I was like, I'm quite hungry now. Oh, about halfway through this film, my food arrived, so I got like completely disheartened by the entire thing. Yeah, it's a very slow, choppy start, and all of this is sort of in semi-darkness anyway, so it's very hard to know. It's very badly lit. Something else happens. It's very, very quiet. They couldn't afford dialogue for this film. But then do we break to the uh, random bit of joyriding? Ah, the hooligans! Hoodlums! The hoodlums! Doing hoodlum stuff. Driving around, drinking... Uh, and we find a cool guy with a black oh, wait, bandana on, lying on a rock. Yeah. Okay. So that's Doc again. Uh, so, yeah, we, now, in hindsight, I know is the drunk guy from the tractor. Yeah. So Doc, yeah. Um, he's he's out and about. He's gone to go and visit the commune that he knows that this woman that he's captured was at. I don't know how. He just turns up with the sheriff. Also, can you just, don't she take it? Because they have some kind of like weird heart to heart on the mountains. Yeah, they yeah. do. So he says he says that he doesn't recognise her in front of the sheriff. So the sheriff's like, oh, well, what did you drive me all the way out here for then? And then he just goes and just lies down on some scree for no reason. Takes a bottle out and drinks it. Yeah. So she's trying to be all like, oh, thank you, you know, very much for, you know, not turning me into the police and introduces herself as Thrush. See, now, I heard it as Rush. And I was like, were, you, were, you, were your parents big Neil Peart fans? I don't know what. But Thrush is somehow worse for a woman. For anyone. No one. Well, she, well, says, she says, used to be Anne, but it's Thrush now. Yeah, because that's cooler. No more it's all, Anne. It's all the mushrooms she eats. <laughs> and she goes on about some bollocks about it being a dinosaur highway. It was a migration path during dinosaur times, because you'd know that. I've just put, this mountain bit is not needed at all. No, no, no. He referred... He, they call me Doc for something else that I hadn't done, he says. Right. Yeah, again, I don't know. Because later on, he knows about medicine and stuff. So he's either a disgraced doctor who'd done some bad, who'd done the bad to someone, or he gave up doctoring and decided to be a drunk. Maybe that's why he was watching those lobotomy videos. Oh, that makes sense. It makes no sense. It, but... Well, it makes some Maybe sense. Maybe it's because he was doing lobotomies and they're not allowed. Maybe that's why he got disgraced. Oh, you were up until, ooh, well, I, think, I think the 80s, I think, um, psychologists were allowed to do it with no medical training. They had like a little... Lobotomies. Yeah, 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 boy. They had like a little, uh, like a knitting needle with a metal loop at the end that they would put through your eye socket there and just turn and remove little sort of pea-sized <laughs> bits of your brain out until you behaved, basically. I love the instruction manual detachment that you had there as you were saying, oh, just stick it under there and just turn. I'll, I'll, I listened to a horrifying podcast about it. It was like, oh yeah, and this guy was just used to he used to travel around doing it for like five quid a lobotomy. He did. I bet we've listened to the same podcast there. Possibly, yeah. It was disgusting. All right, just don't advertise other podcasts during this one. No, we're on that other thing now. I signed us up. <laughs> <laughs> Got the first one through. It's some sort of Christian Baptist. I was like, I need to be more specific yes. with my keywords. Yeah. <laughs> so, what did you think of Carnosaur, Reverend <laughs> Nightman? Enemy of the thrush man. <laughs> <laughs> right, the joyriders are back. Yeah. 
and they commit the cardinal sins in a film. Drinking, doing it, urinating in the desert. Oh yeah, also parking on some scree, because that's where all the cool kids are these days. There's not much to do in Climax. (laughs) (laughs) It's just driving round, drinking, and waiting for your mate to finish shagging in the van, I guess. And then you get back in and act like that's normal. That's like a normal day That's a good point. I mean, they they name the town Climax, and then they wonder about the teenage pregnancy rate. And yeah, so one of you gets out. You don't even have to have sex to get pregnant in Climax. No. You just breathe in the dinosaur jizz. And the dinosaur appears at this point. I wrote in big letters, the best dinosaur hand puppet <laughs> kills them all. Because it was amazing. It's very, I mean, for the budget they had, which I, I don't think was a lot, they did the best with what they, what they could yeah. do. Which was, I think they had three. They had a big animatronic T-Rex. They Say had the animatronic. Hand <laughs> they had the uh, thingy, the hand puppet one, and they had like a remote control tiny one. Uh, so they used it to the best of their abilities. It's not about the CGI. It's about the story. Unfortunately, this has neither. <laughs> There's a, a, a decal on the car that says, May peace prevail on Earth. But with all um, blood uh, splattered up it. Yeah, so all these teenagers get eaten, I think, except one. Does one survive? One, one. He, I think the guy that was having a slash outside gets mauled up, but they find him later on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not that it's important. Yes, it is a puppet. Also, stop throwing ketchup into my face. <laughs> but the puppet gets a really nice shot with the sunset. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's magic. It's false perspective. Bloody love a good sunset. <laughs> <laughs> and then it comes back to Washington, D.C. It cuts back there's... to this bloody war room, yeah. Where there's lots of DNA lists and arrows. I've got uh, is, this, is this high science or a high school diorama about science? <laughs> I've put bald man from board, boardroom is back talking about blueberry pie. He oh, really no. likes blueberry. Before, before that, he goes on about, is a cow like a turnip? <laughs> I didn't hear that. <laughs> so what if you take some of the cows and put it in a turnip? And I'm like, what are you on about, you madman? Yeah, and then but, that links to the, the mad blueberries that don't rot. Yeah, he goes on about that for a while while lying down on a table. (laughs) Like a sexy piano lady, though. (laughs) This was was the best scene in the whole film. (laughs) Why was he lay on the table? Like, how you like your pie? It was very strange. With posture throughout this entire thing. It's very weird. Those were choices that he made as an actor, I think. He said, said, Shall I just walk around the table? And he was like, (laughs) No, no, lie on it. Lie on it like a French seductress. (laughs) (laughs) And then the the purpose of this seems to be that he fobs off the bureaucrats. So that it turns out the senators, and he wants them to pass some sort of food bill. And then he gets interrupted by his assistant, whose name appears to be Crow. And that's another (laughs) joke. Everybody's got that Dr. Sterling Raven. Dr. Oh, Samantha mate. Crow. Oh, I hope Susan's name was Puffin. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's given a file by her that says that some animal attacked one of the... I think it's the, the guy who was in the lorry at the start who was maimed. Um, and it appears to have been a... It, I think it's chicken DNA that they found on yeah, it. They found chicken DNA because it is from a chicken. And they're like conjecturing, oh, did he eat some chicken and mess up the sample? There's a chicken handling the evidence. Yeah, he said, clean this up. And the senator goes, what? And he's like, the pie that's got goat 
fluid to keep the blueberries fresh or something on it, he says. Madness. Yeah. There's no there's no scientific backing for any of this. Uh, we cut back to Susan. <laughs> Again. Oh, question, actually. I don't know much about dinosaurs, but did they just hunt for fun or did they hunt for food? Because not many animals just hunt for fun. No, it's they, like a... it was just for food, wasn't it? Well, I think like the behavioural aspect of it is very, very unknown. And they keep yeah. changing sort of theories all the time. But I would have thought, you know, most most animals do. Well, if you look at predators, kind of apart from us, they just eat, they just kill to eat, don't they? Because it's a lot of energy to expend yeah. just for a laugh. Well, what else, what, what else apart from us kills for fun? Uh, That's it. I think killer whales like fuck, sh- um, fuck about with seals for a laugh, don't they? Dolphins mm-hmm. poke puffer fish to get high. That's different, though, isn't it? Like, I know, deer... but it's funny. I like that bit of fact. Deers will lick specific moss to get off the tits, yeah. but That's sloths, but it's just really slowed down. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think other things, like, other things hunt for war. Like, ants will take out other ant colonies and stuff, but only we hunt for the laugh of hunting. I mean, you can kind of see Dr. T- Tiptree's point at the end of all of that. I keep getting her name wrong, by the way, because her name wasn't said enough, and it's such an unusual name. We can call her Dr. Tiptop. I've got Tea Tree on here. I just put Jane. Is that not her first name? Jane Jane Tiptree, she was called. Because I've just put Jane is savage. (laughs) I'm not on first name terms with her, so I didn't get that far. I've got Tea Tree, Tiptoe, everything in between. I mean, we can call her Dr. Tiptop. She runs that shop in. uh... (laughs) (laughs) And then, yeah, it's where she made her money. (laughs) Yeah, this this is a a little while later, so that, that could be plausible. And then this raptor's just going around, and it's about the size of a dog now. And then I was thinking, could you tackle that? This is linking back to another conversation we've had recently. But <laughs> it, in a fair fight, if that dog-sized raptor... It has I got really sharp claws, though. It has it's got, got a really very sharp... bitey mouth, and but it's not. And a bitey end. It could just be down there, you know. You could probably punt it like quite far. For, Nobody thinks of that, though. For American listeners, to kick it something quite far. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I have to, but ah no, ah no. It has to eat to grow. It grows exponentially every time it eats. That's why it's eating so much. I remember now. We ignore. Ah. Uh, and then Doc is sort of out there near where this raptor-sized, uh, no, a dog-sized raptor. I got that the wrong way around. Raptor-sized dog. I'm have we met? Have we, have we been down the the, the pipes yet? <laughs> down the pipes. Down Not the pipes, with me. You haven't sir. Down the pipes of death. But I was on Fort Beyond oh. at this point. Uh, Susan appears and he's like, oh, someone's here to see you. And it's the dad of the girl who got killed in the car shagging. And he's like, oh, I can't work for this company anymore. And they put him in a lift and they're like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. And the lift opens again. They haven't moved. <laughs> it's just like the illusion <laughs> of movement. And then he goes, she's like, oh, you, will see, you can see your daughter. We've got her down here. They go down a big tunnel that's just got a big steam pipe down one side of it, and then he enters the funky dinosaur disco lair. <laughs> but a bloke is dressed as a T-Rex in this scene. I mean, there was some pretty weird... It looked like a gas chamber that he was being led into, and I thought, this isn't cool. No. Uh, apparently that is a T-Rex, though. Later on, like, that is the size of a T-Rex. But at that point, I didn't have that impression. It felt, it looked very, unless he ate him and grew exponentially bigger, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I think about that. Yeah, I think that's a different Well, by this logic then, like all the dinosaurs were end up eating each other until there's just one mega dinosaur left that was like... Question, why were the lasers necessary? To keep the dinosaur in there. 
because he put his hand through one in it and it burnt his hand eventually. Okay. Yeah. It was naked futuristic. They bought a laser machine. They they glued (laughs) glued a load of laser pointers to a bit of two by four. Press all the buttons down, Kenny. Oh, for God's sake. (laughs) Yeah. He gets munched up by this thing and she's like, oh, well. It felt. I, I think it was the guy whose daughter was murdered. Yes, yeah. So he was being led to go and see her again because she lies to him and says, oh, yeah, she's all right. She's recuperated in the room of lasers. Yeah, and then this, she, he goes through there. Down this manky steam tunnel, yeah, where I keep all my patients. Hmm. Uh, yeah, and there's a bit, I think, I'm not sure if this is before or after this bit, but Doc gets incredibly stalkery. Are we in the diner now? I was going to say, the next bit I've got is No, 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 no. No, it's before the diner bit. So um, there's another scene with Doc and Thrush. (laughs) Which sounds like some kind of, you know, self-help video or something. But um, he's he's out there where the raptor is, sort of milling around, raptor's doing its thing. And um, he's in his van and Thrush is walking alongside the road. Oh, And he pulls up behind her and just puts the lights on, which is... Fucking weird. And then he uh, he sort of hassles her. He, he says sort of like, you know, if you don't get in, um, I'll just drive around. And the implication is, is it's just going to hit animals and stuff and just cause <laughs> just environmental destruction. I'll <laughs> slap around. a gibbon if you don't get in. I'll burn and, some uh, tyres, throw them around an ostrich's <laughs> neck. And they find a gibbering corpse, which I think is... It's uh, the lad from before. It's the lad, yeah. So I think the whole point of that was just to, you know, the finding people now um, littered across the landscape, just being eaten by this thing. And then they, um, yeah, they, they go to the diner. Did anyone get the name of the diner? I was, didn't. I'm assuming it's just called Diner. Again, I, 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 did, I got it. It's, it's Jay's I, Diner. I was going to say it'd be a but bird pun. It's a bird it? name again, yeah. yeah. God. Damn it. I was too busy busy being grossed out because the bloke coughs on the soup and then oh, serves it. And making like, me like Whoa. the film now because they've got all these good bird names in there. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't then, they call uh, Doc like Eagle the Eagle Thundercock then? Good Christian name. <sighs> Mr. and Mrs. Thundercock. Yeah. I yeah, think this was the, actually the very thing. good. Uh, I thought it was good. Because it, no, it was very good. Um, I have a thing about like manky food touching though. Like wet food noises, people eating. But also people being disgusting near food. It, no. Oh yeah, but I mean, from an observation point of view, that's spot on. I mean, people do do that. That's oh, yeah. why we've got a pandemic. But um, journalism again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, there's uh, one diner, dinerer in the, the diner. It's very difficult to say. Um, has this thing about predators don't usually go for eyeballs. Eyes are more appealing to birds. And then starts to listen birds that he knows. Yeah, no, so that's birds that will go for the birds will go for soft tissue first. They'll go for tongs and eyeballs, and depending on how you died, your anus as well. Yeah. Yes, that's why you know when they the goat suck at the chupacabra thing that happened like in the nineties ish, and they found all the blood drain out of these cows and the the bum holes like gored out. It's because wild animals will go for the easiest way in, and the easiest way in is through the bottom. Basically, all of fun facts today, aren't they? So, pretty a hole there, yeah. No, I mean, it makes sense though. I do like the fact he just names birds vultures, eagles, pelican, probably. And then that weirdo diner, I didn't get his name. He goes on to talk about a baby with antlers upsetting other guests. Clint Howard's, (laughs) it's Ron Howard's brother. 
Okay. Yeah. Oh, also eating the weirdest food of like yeah. soup of some kind, but looked like it already been eaten and thrown back. It's already been sneezed on. Yeah. Yeah. And then the couple are like, please don't talk about this. My wife is pregnant. I'm only talking about cow's bum holes or whatever. <laughs> You're probably eating that in your burger. It was all very spider baby esque. <laughs> very odd. Um, oh, and then that's it... the couple later on. What? The pregnant couple in the diner, we see them later on. Oh, they're the ones that run in the roadblock. Yes. All right, I wonder who the fuck they were. Yeah, it makes it's oh, it's actually a better film now that I'm piecing <laughs> it. Now that I'm piecing it together slowly, it, uh, yeah, it makes slightly more sense. Yeah, but the point is to have them at least in the middle doing something else so that you're reintroduced to them rather than them popping up right at the very end. No. Hey, fine. buddy, stop talking about that. My wife's pregnant. Then Clint Howard tells his story about a man who went hunting and his son was born with horns. And they all laugh <laughs> and think it's great. And I'm like, that's not even a joke. It's not even like a fun story. It's, it's shit. It'd be better if he'd come out with like ram's legs or something. That would have been funnier. Or tiny baby hands. Or, well, he will have tiny baby hands, anyway, Because he is a baby. Do you mean tiny, tiny, like baby-sized baby hands? We're thinking about this too much. No. Um, so to move this on, <laughs> <laughs> he goes. Um, Doc, Doc Thundercock goes back to this quarry that he lives in. Yeah. Because he's got a bed in there. It's his trailer and a load of big machines. But it also doubles up as a poultry factory as well. So it's part <laughs> quarry. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's that classic part quarry, part <laughs> processing plant. <laughs> if you've got a quarry, why not just you know raise some chickens in it? Bash the chickens with the rocks. Saves your time, doesn't it? Uh, and there's a um, load of hippies there yeah. who've, who've chained themselves to the equipment. One of them is called Aesop, which is not a bird. Surname Fable. Which I'm, it's, yes, which I'm disappointed at, surname Rock. And, he, and Doc goes, all right, well, bye. <laughs> you stay there then. I'm off. And then a dinosaur appears. And then the dinosaur appears, munches Aesop up very slowly. It takes a long time. Did you Spends hear his long- last words, though? <laughs> did you not do you not get that? It's my favorite line from the entire film. It's greetings, green brother. <laughs> and then it just murders him. Yes. It goes for his you... eyes. Um, thus picking up on the, the conversation in Jay's diner about these things going for eyes. Um, and then it goes to eat the woman. It takes a very long time eating that woman. Yeah. She does some sweet ass kickboxing moves on she his does face. Do some, <laughs> does, does do some karate. And then it eats a foot. <laughs> Uh, I like uh, the dinosaur's little arms it's got when it's attacking because they're just flopping around. The <laughs> <laughs> I was like, can we put some coat hangers in there? Like, steady them? Nah, it'd be fine, mate. Moving on. But if it grows from like eating people, all the bodies of the vegans are still there apart from the, the girl in chains who's just an arm. So why is it not eating everybody? It's just, just cherry the picking eyes. the best bits. And the, the implication of this is that it can only grow if it eats eyes. And I don't know what the biological rationale for that is. Eye raising. <sighs> ah, shut up! <laughs> it's been a long day. Uh, and then Doc comes back and he finds Thrush, who's the only one of the protesters to survive because she trapped herself in the cabin of this machine. And then just gently nuzzles her head. Yeah. He's literally just met her and, you know, they're in love. They're at the head nuzzling stage. I wouldn't call it love. Relationships that are forged in traumatic circumstances will never last. There's an Especially autopsy next. Vegan. We don't know anything about him. 
All we know is that he drinks a lot and can't run more than seven bases without having <laughs> and a can't heart shoot attack. The shit. I think it's because he was drunk. I bet it's a crack <laughs> shot. And he used to be a doctor, possibly, we think. Yes, there's an autopsy at this point. I don't know who of or what the point was. I think it's all these protesters. And then there's a bit of implication that Doc is suspect because he's happened to find all these people dead. Ah, all right. Um, and um, it's noted that the wounds are getting deeper. Um, and it's either, you know, a different... <laughs> Please don't whisper that in my ear. <laughs> and then, yeah, so it's, they, they presume it's something that's growing faster. Bobcat! Bigger. There's a bit of, yeah, so the Jay's Diner conversation was it couldn't be a Bobcat or something like that because it keeps going for the eyes. Ain't been no um, Bobcats around here since he was a boy, he says. After the Bobcat play came. <laughs> after we, we hunted them to extinction because humans will do that. Uh, is this where Doc leaves Thrush alone in the cabin and and um, <laughs> Latter-day Saint Raptor appears and just keeps knocking on the windows going, can I talk to you about dinosaur Jesus? Yeah, she finds that. Uh, so she's in the in the cabin sort of recuperating and then she appears to find one of Kwong's dodgy drawings just lying around. It's, it's just like a shit piece of art and then the dino attacks through the window. Uh, at this point, though, I googled... Um, something to do with like bird attacks and eyes, just because right. I wanted a bit more information on this. I've heard of it, you know, it's sort of in comedy yeah, more than anything, but I, I wasn't aware of this as like an actual thing. And the, the thing that made me laugh was that it just came up with a sort of Google auto suggest like box, and it was, right. Should you look a magpie in the eye? Well, should you? <laughs> I don't know. That sounds like a start of I a book. <laughs> Oh, should you look a magpie in the eye on a Tuesday? On a Tuesday, yes. <laughs> um, magpies are part of the COVID family, and they can remember faces. And if you so annoy you shouldn't them, look it in the eye because it will remember your face. No, if you treat it nicely, it's great because it'll protect you and bring you stuff. Not like good stuff. Not like a, shiny thing. Not like a PlayStation Five or anything. <laughs> Six of them going down Dixons together. But, <laughs> You know, they'll bring you pebbles and shiny trinkets and stuff. There's a very good um, uh, story I was reading the other day of a woman who fed, like, the crows in her neighbourhood. And then whenever people came to visit her house, they would attack the person visiting because they thought, like, it was invading. And they had they had to basically train all these crows to, like... But now this this small neighbourhood has got, like, a, an army of crows, which is what I want, really. They're going for the Don the Dragon Wilson... Advice, aren't they? Go for the eyes. Go for the eyes. Says. Unless right. you're a magpie. Anyway, the upshot to that was that you shouldn't look at them in the eyes because they don't like it. But then that's, <laughs> that's not to say you can't. They're very self-conscious. <laughs> what on earth? You're supposed to salute them, aren't you? What? For good luck. You're supposed to salute a magpie if you see it. Have you lost your mind? No, I'm you sure. Just, I thought you just did the rhyme to protect yourself and that's it. What? No, you don't. What? And that's, that's just so you know how many there are. It's like, it's like the it's like months of the year. You have to do it twice because you, <laughs> no, you salute them and you say like "Good morning, Captain" or something. I'm sure that's a thing I read. And then you'd get sectioned. Oh, as opposed to going thirty days have September. No, the other rhyme. Sorry, I forgot. I got it right. <laughs> One for sorrow. And what if there's more than seven or eight? Because then it's that it gets into like. Bullshit anniversaries, then, doesn't it? Nine for yeah. China, eight for bronze. Yes. <laughs> Ten anyway, for a DVD player. 
I think we've firmly established that we and don't know much about special prize. <laughs> yeah, we're not bird enthusiasts, really. We're not we? ornithologists, no. no. That's the word. Right. So, neither are the people that made this film, so there we go. <laughs> right. Everyone's got a fever. They're in this yep. house now. Is this, is this the sheriff's house? they got climax fever. No, I think this is the GP surgery. It's not very well explained, is, but I think it's where they would do it. This is Dr. Raven Sterling. Sterling Raven. Damn it. Which also uh, means really good Raven. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and that you just yeah. like people are all sweaty. And then yeah. what does is this one point where one woman gives birth? Well, uh, before that, I've put that there's a family eating eggs and he, he cracks one and the tiny dinosaur fetus lands on the rug. Yes. And I've just put that grey goo's going to be murder on that rug. Are you going to clean that out? <laughs> I've got a rug, Doctor. Well, That's you'll disgusting. be all right. It was, was pretty gross. That's what Sarah's I said. Wife. Was he the sheriff? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, sorry. Uh, yeah. So he, um, his wife and his children have got a fever. And then he decides to do the dishes and laboriously puts on a waist apron and then, yeah, he cracks that egg. It looked black on my screen, but I suppose it must have been green because that's dinosaur colour. Um, uh, and then he just tries to get another one. Like, green oh, brother. that one was horrendous. Let's get we another never know. One. It might be a double yolk in next one. <laughs> and then the, there's a baby dino in it that yeah. fizzles around in the palm of his hand. <laughs> diddly, 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 diddly. Which is a bit weird. So that means you like butter. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't focus on the tiny dinosaur. I was so concerned about the goo on that rug. It was just... It's fine. It's uh, been scotch-guarded. It'll just come straight off that. Uh, and meanwhile, Doc goes to see Dr. Tiptoe. What was her name again? I've genuinely forgotten. Jane. Dr. Tip-Top. Tip-Tip-Top. Pulls a gun on her and then just wanders around. Oh, is that how he got in? He just gets in, I think. Oh, I think he doesn't he uh, beat somebody up, or I think he passes out outside. Somebody brings him in as a body, and then he just beats him up, and then you know pulls a gun out, and then the good doctor spins around on a chair for a while, and then tells him that he's got a fever that she designed. <laughs> I mean, his chat up lines go. It's up there. <laughs> <laughs> I got a fever, and only you can cure it. People are sick. Oh, this is where we uh, this is where we meet Susan again. Susan's pregnant now because she must have eaten an egg, and she puts a tiny mini screwdriver in her mouth. What? <laughs> she does. Apparently, it's a thermometer, but it's a mini screwdriver attached to some plastic hosing. She puts it in her mouth. It is, yeah. Yes, oh, I know. Yeah. I was like, "Where's that going?" Prop department. There. It's like we could get a digital thermometer. Ah, mini screwdriver out of a cracker set at Christmas. Bang that in. It's fine. Yeah, because I was like, is that Susan? <gasps> it is Susan. She's pregnant and she gives birth to a dinosaur egg uh, with a very, That's very weird. loud, with a very loud splotch noise. Where, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's the only way I can describe it. That was, yeah, that was really weird. I didn't know Dr. how Tip I felt Top holds that. it up and I swear to God, for like underneath where the egg is, it's either like a weird fold or it's a lady part. <laughs> God. That thrush. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought if she's given it, it could have like popped off, couldn't it? And then she takes Doc to her carousel of eggs. And she's like, I have created all of these. And she strokes them. And she's like, 
Explain what the hell is happening, or I'm going to shoot this egg. Why waste a bullet? <laughs> Just pick it up, smash it on the ground. It's not. Yeah, I thought that. And she goes on to explain that there are two types of people in the world. Um, so a British bear song. Cat people and dog people. People that like Elvis and people that like the Beatles. <laughs> Um, those who want to stare death straight in the eye and the ignorant, um, which... <gasps> a magpie's death? I'm just thinking you can stare <laughs> death in the eye, but not a magpie. Uh, Is that the last line of the magpie rhyme? <laughs> Once you get to 107 magpies, it's like, <laughs> death! <laughs> you have defeated death. Well done. Nothing rhymes with 107. Did you just have to go and have a little moment? Because I had to take stock. After Let's go and get them, get them <laughs> magpies out of his front garden. <laughs> go and salute them. Get out of here. Morning, magpies. magpies. <laughs> I'm sure that's... I'm going to find it. I'm going to prove it. I think that's what Mum told you. Possibly. <laughs> uh, this point we cut to like a, a army tent. Oh, no. You know, while she's giving her um her speech, she says like, the earth belongs to the dinosaurs, blah, blah, blah. And he says... That would make a great theme park. Yeah, well, that's that mm. was in the trailer. Yes, mm. but um, I couldn't hear like... it on the trailer because I was listening to all the ah, noises. <laughs> that's the um, yeah, that's the problem with the trailer. It's like if you're going to take shots at something, make sure your product is better than it. <laughs> oh, oh, we'll get to that in the trivia. We'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the only other bit that happens is that the sheriff takes the the baby dino to the coroner. A GP, whatever he is, he sort of does everything. He's a jack of all trades. He's probably in the local Burger King as well. You go up there, and he serves you. He's a jack of all over everything. And they look at it trades. with a magnifying glass, and they you can just see right up the nose. And I thought that was a bit interesting. <laughs> and then they caress it with tiny baby hands of their own. <laughs> Stop it. He's like a a Dick Tracy villain. Come on, baby hands. (laughs) I should stop with the references to it because that's what I'm going to be known for. Oh, yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. It's good to have a thing. Uh, There's more sick people. There's more sick people in the clinic, including Thrush, but not for Thrush, is what I wrote. (laughs) Yeah, it's at this point we go to the medical tent. Yeah, so there's the men in hazmat. The the army tent. No, it's the army tent. And they come in and they go, it's a cold blue. <laughs> it does mean changing the light bulb, sir. Isn't there an Agent Orange song called Code Blue? Yes. It must be a thing, but they didn't go, Code Blue. That means that this is going to happen now. That's why it's a code. I mean, but <laughs> I'm not in your made-up military, so I don't know. <laughs> and then they, they cut to one of those things that they normally have in like air traffic, one of those glass panels. Oh, I thought it was something out of Battlestar Galactica. It looks like uh, a, a radar writer down around. But yeah, the man is driving, then this man from the thing is driving down the road with his pregnant wife in the car. The man from the diner before. That, yeah, the diner people. Yeah. Didn't like the story of the dead things. They come up to this roadblock. He's like, oh, help my wife. Literally all these dudes in hazmat suits and automatic weapons pointed at him. They just take his wife and he's like, I'll pick her up later. Bye. <laughs> Gets back yeah. in his car. They put her into a body bag straight away, which is a bad sign. Getting bad vibes off of doing that. If it was snowing, they were going to push her down a hill. That's the fastest way down. But yeah, otherwise, it's it's not good, is it? The menace of those hazmat-suited people with automatic machine guns is lessened somewhat by the fact that they're all yellow and they sort yeah. of stomp around like angry chiplets. Um, 
And then one of them pulls a gun on him. They march him over to the thing and then fire about they shoot the fuck a out million of bullets into him. Just stood there out shooting him. Like, Come on, Ken, you have a go. It's fun. <laughs> I was it's like, one, one in his head, it. two in his head. He's fine. He's done then, isn't he? No, I don't know. Which bits can we blow off like Robocop? It's not even like fake science, like, you know, with a flamethrower or something like, you know, kill the contagion or anything. No, it's just, it's just, we've got unlimited bullets Shoot this week, shit. lads. So oh, let's... <laughs> They shot him with a million bullets. And then uh, Dr. Tiptree, I think I got it right that time. You did. Um, she's talking to Doc and, and sort of explaining a bit more. In the room about, of the spinning fan. He's still not done anything. Like He turned up with a gun and he's just lost control of the room to this woman who, she doesn't dress like a scientist either. She looks like Martha Stewart. Like She's got like a kind of like open top, like a 70s collar on and a jumper. At this point though, here's a fun fact. She says she studied under Dr. Moreau. Yeah. And I was like, are you referencing other people's films? The Island of Dr. Moreau. Yeah, which is about a man fusing humans and animals together in grotesque. It's incredibly lazy, yeah. Uh, but she says that she turns out to be very villainous. And she says that Earth isn't ours to destroy. Uh, and uh, it goes back to the federal tent. And uh, a woman gives birth to a, a, a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. And it does the Charleston. <laughs> Hello, one. my baby. Hello. It's peculiar. <laughs> it's it's Lucy on the magpie. Magpie lasers. And then she has a famous line: "What came first, the chicken or the egg? The egg. The oh. cosmic egg. It was the egg. The cosmic egg. The cosmic egg. Uh, that's my jazz name." <laughs> Doc just wants the anti-serum at this point. He's like, he's had enough of her shit. He just like, like, give me the anti-serum and I'm going. an anti-venom to this thing? And she's like, hmm. And he shoots an egg and she's like, okay. (laughs) Like, you've you've got about 50 others there anyway. Is this where the sheriff (laughs) goes into town? Yes. Right, because this is amazing, this sequence. Um, A, big Coke machine on the side of Pet Village, which was the shop. The, uh, Where you can get pets. Well, I'm assuming so, yeah. Or you can just go in and softly touch stuff. <laughs> um, and then death. Yeah, he comes outside. This thing attacks him. He, I don't know, it, it comes for him and he just shotguns it. Yeah, because I went, oh, he's killed it. Oh, no, he hasn't. And then in classic idiot fashion, instead of, instead of following the example of the hazmat suit men of putting 8,000 bullets into this thing to super make sure it's dead. He walks slowly up to it, and then it... Uh, yeah, gets it him! uppercuts him right through his gooch to his belly button. He then shoots it in its head, and it dies. But is that the dino- Is that the original dinosaur that killed everyone? I think it is, because it's the one that's the, the size hippies. of the it's dog. It's the biggest one, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's not really big by this point, but it's sort of like a raptor, like the, the quintessential raptor from Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Park size. Yeah. Because yeah. when he's walking over as well, it looked quite good. Like the body of it, but yeah. Yeah, I feel bad about laughing about that fact about things getting in through a cow's anus now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is when we cut back to the military tent thing. And it gets, it gets weirder. It gets a bit misogynistic. A bit. <laughs> Just a wee smidge misogynistic. Explain we can, how. We can grow new people in artificial wombs. Women won't be needed anymore. Yeah. Yeah, he says, 
we could breed a whole new generation of females. Oh, he does use the word females a lot, yeah. We could grow uh, yeah, and females. And about like... an aggressive fertilisation programme. Uh, so this is obviously the government responding Alan to this Marsh does that. <laughs> by sort of, you know, we now know that there is political will to do that so long as no lockdowns are involved. <laughs> Would you rather be in lockdown or shot 3,000 times by some masked men <laughs> on a highway? Yeah, he gets the reverse serum from Dr. Tiptop and it is in a in a in a in a jar with a warning sticker on it and it is bright yellowy green because of course it is it's like from esme's lab in emperor's yeah, new groove yeah it's very uh, it's very magic po- i'm surprised it wasn't bubbling as well like with mm. dry ice put in it and then oh. he, he he takes that and then he wanders into the flashing epilepsy and he runs, chamber. Down, runs, yeah. runs he has to go to the laser runs down the pipe room the there's a long way out <laughs> Don't go down the pipe room. That's where the laser dinosaur is. <laughs> uh, he gets stuck in the lasers, shoots all the lasers and destroys them. I put how many bullets has that handgun got? Loads, mate. Infinite anti-laser bullets as well. <laughs> shoots out all the lasers. Oh, the best one. The best bit of this was when he got to that ladder and he was like, "Is he going to make it in time before the dinosaur eats him?" Well, this was the point where I was like, "This is a big dinosaur." Yeah. And she's just allowed but, to set it on him because he doesn't do shit with her. She's said that she's unleashed these dinosaurs and causing women to give birth to them. And, and you to know, wipe out the human race. That he's found. And then he's just like, well, fuck you. I'm off. I've got the serum. Off, off I go down he's the laser got chute. Yeah, yeah, amount of serum, though, Anna. He's only got. It, it's enough for Thrush, though. <laughs> is it? Is it? It does no favors. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> this is so dumb. I'm very, very bored. <laughs> he gets back to the building site with this dinosaur chasing him, and then and then I've just put this is like a shit aliens. Yeah, but uh, Doctor Tiptree or whatever she's called, Certain. she's in labour. Oh yeah, she's right. This is the weird thing. She puts blankets down and a massive dog water bowl next to her. Yeah, she just washed the egg after. She's doing it properly. Oh, I thought it was so it could have a drink when it's more. <laughs> like... <laughs> Because no, she knows it's going to kill her. Susan died. Well, Susan died think and her family spared. flew off. <laughs> I think she'll be spared because she's like the mother. Uh, oh, oh, this is that really gross bit, isn't she, where she rips into her own belly button and like uh, pulls it open. <laughs> yeah. yeah, did not like that. This was not a good film. That was the dog bowl of water so she could wash, wash her hands before, you know, sterilised. <laughs> and then wash them afterwards so she can continue eating Doritos. <laughs> uh, Doc makes it onto the roof while this is happening and then starts headbutting the building. <laughs> yes, he does. I felt I knew what he was going through at that point. <laughs> yeah, she performs like, I hope my nuggets get here soon. She performs a C section <laughs> on herself and oh. gives birth to a dinosaur. Uh, then Doc changes clothes out of his blue boiler suit into a leather jacket and visits Thrush. He visits Thrush. Already got more clothes. <laughs> uh, yeah. He puts uh, her in a uh, in a backhoe and him in a backhoe. Despite there being like huge industrial material there, he puts them in two very, very small load-bearing of devices. And then they basically, he goes to fight it while she escapes very slowly. I just wanted to point out as well that he greets Thrush by giving her a kiss on the head while she's asleep, even though the relationship isn't at that point yet. This is a, Which well, is not cool. Heads, yeah, but this now is, he's kissing heads. This head. is a day. 
At most, but, two days. And you say most. nuzzling heads as though she was part of that. She was unconscious for that as well. Lord knows what else he'd done while she was asleep, yeah. Females. <laughs> uh, so then the very bad puppet of the dino uh, a finds with... a ringing telephone box. And God knows who's ringing the, the, just the box. That's the, the other nowhere. Raptor Jesus people. Are you done in your area? Because we're going to get the bus home now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He sees this and is angered by it, as was <laughs> I. When does he ring the authorities to tell them he where they are? He doesn't are. ring them, that's the radio. Oh, uh, sorry. Yeah. They, have, they, have a, they have an alien fight with him, like, using the scoop bucket to, like, uppercut the alien constantly. Oh, it was brilliant, though. It was pretty good. Because I put dinosaurs like a ladybird back at this point because it's flipped on its back and it can't get over. It's just like, ah, it's back. She, tiny arms. she has to come back to help. So it's like a two on one situation, now, which is unfair for, even for a dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the dinosaur dies. They go back into his shanty and he gives her the injection and then the radio goes, is there anyone in this quadrant? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yo, I'm here. The yellow Nazis show up again. Shoot him again with like 8,000 bullets. More than necessary. Front and back, right? And then he falls over Thrush and one of them comes up and takes a picture of his ass. <laughs> <laughs> That is a nice ass. I, like, well, I, I, I wish we hadn't filled that full of bullets. Cause... <laughs> and then they blowtorch everything. And then they just set fire to it. Uh, and it cuts to a, the picture of Mad Magazine. Why hmm. me worry? As it burns yeah. away. And then the credits come down from the top, which I found very disorienting. It burns the, the Mad Magazine and the anti-serum thing as well. There's a nice close-up of that, the glass jar. I thought that would explode and release it into the atmosphere, but yeah. No, they'd run out of budget, aren't they, without dinosaurs? <laughs> yeah. The credits are the wrong way around. Credits normally yeah. go bottom to top, they go top to bottom. I, I did not like, it, it disoriented me. And that Good. is the story of Carnosaur. It's supposed to disorient you. With extra stories about magpies and... <laughs> Cows, 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 Everybody's dead. Even oh, we forgot to say that uh, Doctor Sterling Raven he, he dies. Everybody at his clinic die as well. They all get shot up. Yeah, nobody. The only people that survive are the yellow Nazis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We imagine shot and then flamed. It's weirdly, politically ahead of its time. That's all. <laughs> uh, your scores out of ten for Carnosaur, James. I'm gonna go with a three. Oh, okay. It had Dino Entertainment, uh, but was that as good as Bloodfist? I think not. Barney? I think I've been really harsh. I just put, geez, that was bad. <laughs> 1.5. Oh, mate, come on. You can always retroactively change these anyway. Um, I'm going to go four, just because like there was a nugget of a... Having gone back now and talked about it, there is a nugget of a story there. All right, I'll go 3.5, because, yeah. There is, it's just poorly executed. Very poorly executed. It's like, do you remember when you used to, oh, you don't remember when you used to, when you used to got the video shop and the horror bit, there'd be all these films that you were like, oh, but these are great. And I've watched them as grown ups and they're just, the front cover was the best thing about them. Oh, yeah, definitely. This is, this is that in a nutshell. But it's got a two and a three. Jobs are good. Jobs are good. <laughs> right. On to the facts of the matters. That. It always cuts off too soon. Uh, so the main thing about this is that it's based on a book. 
was that apparent when you watched it? It says at the start, based on the book by someone and the screenplay. And this got two treatments. Yep. Uh, well, I say that it's very, very loosely based on the 1984 John Brosnan novel of the same name, uh, which predates Michael Crichton's Jurassic Park novel by five years. Um, that is going to become relevant slightly later on. Okay. Uh, it was 1993, so Jurassic Park was the biggest seller. It, it sold nearly, I think, a billion dollars at the box office. Stupendously successful. It's a brilliant film. Uh, it was also a, a year that saw Mr. Doubtfire, The Fugitive, oh, Kindred, <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire <laughs> did better than Chimpsonist. <laughs> Sleepless in Seattle, Indecent Proposal, Philadelphia. Uh, the Pelican Brief? I don't know what that is. That's it's about bad. a pelican that hides <laughs> underpants in its bill. Uh, so the plot of the novel is that it's set in Britain. It's an Australian author who's written it, but it's set in Britain. And it's about uh, an eccentric millionaire who lives in the country and he raises all these dinosaurs because he's an eccentric. He's got a mad wife, so there's a bit of misogyny there. This journalist comes in. All of this is completely detached from the film like, that we've just none seen. None of this is yeah. relevant, no. Also, because don't refer to them as wives, trust them as females. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the journalist has an affair with the eccentric man's wife, and she then unleashes all the dinosaurs after she figures out that he's already with another woman who turns up a bit later. It's not supposed to be the best plot. It's a novel called Carnosaur. Yeah, I mean, they come up with a title. I would read that book. <laughs> come up with a title um, and work backwards there, didn't they? Yeah. Um, I'd read that book more than watch this bloody film again, though. Definitely. Um, so it first came to the attention of Roger Corman during his book signing tour, um, and he was asked to write the screenplay for it in 1991. So this is when Jurassic Park, around the same time as Get It Together, and then right off the bat, they decide to shoot this because they learned that Jurassic Park was entering production. Um, and according to the co-producer, Mike Elliott, Corman felt that now was the time to shoot our movie because he knew we could make the movie faster than anybody else and get it out there first. Literally in the space of one night, it felt like. Brosnan did not like the film. <laughs> it wasn't, it, they just took the name of it and then just released it. No, yeah. There's so many digs at Jurassic Park in it that it's got nothing to do with his film. No. With his, his book, his story. So they gave it a budget of $850,000 and principal photography lasted just 18 days. It managed to gross uh, nearly $2 million. So it did wow. quite well. Did uh, it get a cinema, to, cinema release, this? Uh, I don't I think it did. I'm not I mean, in sure. In home sales, it grossed $2 million. That's all right. I think it was part of that lucrative straight-to-video market that we yeah, were talking yeah. about with the last film. Um, yeah. So it it had a budget of not a million dollars. Jurassic Park had $63 million. So you should be kind to it on that basis alone. <laughs> Despite all the choices they made, how to spend that £850,000. By the way, I did some breakdowns of this. Wait, <laughs> grand that went on bullets. That would be <laughs> £850,000. Uh, $80,000 would be a million and a half today or in pounds, that would be just over a million. And I calculated what you could do with that money. Christ. You could 
book Taylor Swift for a day. Although this would be 1993, so that'd be a bit dodgy. Um, you could buy 371,000 Big Macs. You could have a naked butler follow you around for two years. That was a weird website. You could. <laughs> you Listen, could block... right? I've got to make money where I can. <laughs> <laughs> you could block the Suez Canal for 10 minutes. I'm the butler. <laughs> Very topical. Yes. I like that one. Um, question. Yeah. Hire Taylor Swift for a day to do what? Like your ironing and stuff. You <laughs> won't do it. It'd be easier than performing. I'm uh, genuinely concerned. Like, I'm assuming the naked butler would do like butlery stuff, but just in the nip. So I've never yeah. eaten any of the food he's prepared, obviously. Uh, apparently, no, he does wear something. He wears a bow tie and cuffs. Mm, and, know. you know, he, he holds the silver tray just above it. Yeah, he? no, I'm out. It's up to you how you spend the money. <laughs> you want to make a dinosaur film? Go for it. He needs to go to Climax, Nevada, because he's a shoe in there. Uh, Sparge, who played Doc, said that the cast's most daunting task was making all this seem real for the audience, which is playing it down a bit. Oh, his name was Sparge. It wasn't a typo. Sparge. Right, because I wasn't sure they'd just put the S in the wrong place. I've never heard the surname yeah, yeah, Sparge. Yeah. Raphael Sparge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I thought it was Raphael's Barge. He's, uh, he's done loads of stuff, you know. I don't recognise him for shit, but he's voice acted in two Star Wars games. He was in Independence Day. He was also in Basketball, which is, you know, the, the um, South Park-related thing. Yeah, yeah. He was in Pearl Harbor. And in terms of TV, he was in Star Trek Voyager. He was in 24, Six Feet Under Dexter, CSI New wow. York, and CSI Miami. <gasps> oh, two, two, that's two of them. That's the two of them. He's that's been in everything. everything he's a seen. jobber, isn't he? Yeah. He's... Yeah. So that, this is the thing, that people didn't do badly out of this film by any means. Uh, the Hollywood Reporter at the time also noticed that it was supposed to be released on the day that Jurassic Park came out. They ended up releasing it four weeks earlier. So there was clearly <laughs> like some chip on the shoulder that they had about it. I managed to find an interview as well with Roger Corman where I've got to just admire him for the bombastic. Let's listen to this. He said, it's a surprisingly similar basis to the story to Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park, which was written a few years later, it has the same scientific rationale. I don't think they stole anything from us. And that's oh, it. He was using that? that story because it was written earlier. There's probably loads of dinosaur novels. <laughs> he just chose something that was released oh, earlier my... than Jurassic Park. Is that not like that just claim. shifting the narrative to your own beliefs in the hope that it just comes true? Like what Noel Edmonds used to do, yeah. <laughs> uh, so it was directed by oh. Adam Simon who's got one of those weird reversible names, Simon Adam. I don't know, I don't know that. He went on to create the TV series Salem, um, and he was the exact right. producer for a TV show Next. I think it was a TV show. And it was also double directed, so the other director was John Maloney, who was in the art department for Bloodfist 3. So there's <gasps> another link. And his only other director credit was for Andromina, The Pleasure Planet. Oh, yes, please, yes. <laughs> uh, so, Andromeda is terrible. Andromeda. It sounds like you've just said Andromeda wrong. <laughs> like Can I hire Andromeda. the video Andromeda? Do you mean Andromeda? <laughs> no, no, Andromeda. It sounds like you've got a mouthful of marbles. Yes. Do you need someone Andromeda. to look after you? <laughs> uh, in terms of the actor, so we've already gone through Raphael's barge. Um, what about Thrush? What does she do? I'll get to that. Um, Dr... She's an Andromeda. Tip Tree was uh, played by Diane Ladd. Who, who is was, a proper actress, lady, isn't she? She is a proper yeah. actress. She's uh, got 
TV and film credits going back to the 50s. She was in Chinatown. She was um, uh, the mother in uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, like um, Griswold, like the yeah, yeah. Art mother. Uh, she was also in an ER. She's in Young Sheldon, and she currently st- uh, stars in the Hallmark Channel series Chesapeake Shores. Which sounds like the most hallmark thing I've ever heard of. See, I'm contemplating getting because, like, I'm contemplating getting pay, <laughs> paying the five per quid because you get so many of these soap things that are on once a week. I mean, yeah, she was she her, her acting pedigree apart from being in Chinatown, respectable film. She was in Carnosaur. That's the people yeah, that they're recycling done, into these. We've all done things we're not proud of. We've all Corey. done Carnosaur. Uh, she won a BAFTA and a Golden Globe, but not for this. <laughs> and most importantly of all, she is the mother of Jurassic Park star Laura Dern. Yes, yes. That's oh. a major casting coup. Uh, it's one of many fuckers <gasps> that they had for. That's it. Roger Corman was like, "Lad, are you on your phone again to your daughter?" Yeah, and there's dinosaurs in it as well. <laughs> Get that in your film. Uh, Thanks, mum. <laughs> Um, oh, I've forgotten to write down the name of the actress. Um, she was in Ghostbusters. Not many acting credits. Ghostbusters, something called Silent Night, Bloody Night 2. Call yes! Revival. Oh, Revival. I've seen Revival. <laughs> but then she was in some uh, major TV work. So Magnum P.I., Quantum Leap, Beverly Hills, 90210, oh. or 90,210. <laughs> um, Dr. Sterling Raven. Uh, he... <laughs> Uh, now I've got to get this right. I've got to get this right because uh, he. I'm trying to find the window with IMDb, and it's just giving me tiny hands. Um, Put your high points in your, <laughs> your notes. That's what I do. I did do that, and it's gone. Um, Doctor Sterling Raven. Anyway, he was in Police Squad and all three of the Naked Gun films as Ted Olson, uh, and then he starred in oh, 1986 really? as Rat Boy as Lake Reporter. Um, <laughs> Uh, I do like people who've got IMDb credits that are just random, like that woman with threads <laughs> who's woman who wets herself. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only credit acting credit she's got. Thus concludes James Facts. It's good. I enjoyed it, man. That was uh, some some other stuff there. We're we watching Andromeda next time. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the, the, the poster for that. Um, no. No. I love the steel drums. Hey, and I get so little chance to bust them out. <laughs> right, reviews. I've done a top, middle, and a bottom. Like, strike it lucky. So we'll start with the bottom. One star by Luke B. <sighs> this was from 12 years Is that ago. B-E-E? <laughs> no, just, just a B. Uh, Roger Corman and his B minus movie pals make the world a much better place to live. Carnosaur is unashamedly bad. From the wonky, crooked dinosaur puppets to the acting which stumbles between remembering lines and confusion as to where they are. Rather than going for the simplistic take of cloning dinosaurs, Spielberg, I'm looking at you, Carnosaur favours a convoluted science experiment involving chickens that give birth to dinosaur eggs, question mark, question mark, question mark, maybe, (laughs) (laughs) and ends in human women laying dinosaur eggs. Females. If they'd had a budget, no, 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 human Luke women. Luke B, call them by their real name. <laughs> if they'd had a budget, then the finale, where a construction vehicle takes on a T-Rex, would have been impressive. 
The ending is very downbeat and depressing. That is true. Not really what you want after 82 minutes of awful cinema, but very brave. I mean, he's not very wrong. brave. Well, he gave that one star. It sounds like it was one star. It was, it was mostly positive. Like B minus film crew is B minus film crew is still a pretty good film crew. I wonder if he'd selected the wrong star option. <laughs> uh, let's do top one, and then we'll go to mid'em. Oh, top one. All right. This is by Tanner Park, with an E. Five stars. This is from a year ago. Ooh, so nice. maybe maybe lockdown watching this one. <laughs> this movie is one of the best works of art that I've ever seen in my whole life. Carnosaur is better than Godfather, Citizen Kane, and Joker combined. I think someone's Jurassic- being sarcastic, aren't they? <laughs> Jurassic Park is nothing compared to this masterpiece. The acting is Oscar-worthy, and the special effects are stunning. This movie is not just a movie, it is a gift from God. Ten out of ten. I think, I think, right. I think Mr. Park... Tanner was either drunk. I think, I think Mr. Parks, is Tanner a first name, a boy's name or a girl's name? I think they were raised underground and had never seen cinema until this. And they're like, this is the first cinema I've ever seen. It is brilliant. And then they were like, oh, Godfather's too long. You know, I was just going to say, is that a Roger no, Godfather, Citizen Kane, and the Joker combined. Ah, I, all those I never three got films Citizen Kane, yeah. Combined. <laughs> no, you don't need to get Citizen Kane, or you just need to get that Simpsons episode that's a parody of it. Yes. Well, Paddington has been voted the best film beating Citizen yep. Kane. An old 1950s review of it or something came out, didn't it? Someone found it, and it's dropped it to 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. And Paddington is 100%. And on the Paddington Twitter, Paddington said, I hope Mr. Wells isn't angry with me. Oh, Paddington's infinitely better than Citizen Kane. I want Citizen sort of crossover. And the mid-range one. Go. Mid-range. This is from Matt G. 3.5 stars. And it's from nine years ago. Yeah, very specific. Matt G, he's, he's down. So, bad movie fans, you are in for a treat. A dinosaur killed hippies, Clint Howard is in it, and the ending is hilarious. <laughs> plus, it contains, plus, it contains perhaps the greatest line in movie history. Breaker, breaker, you're not going to believe this. There's a holy fucking dinosaur T-Rex. That does happen, yeah. I can't believe another was picked up on that. <laughs> Uh, Clint Howard, who is the little bald guy as well, his niece is Bryce Dallas Howard, who also appears in the Jurassic World films as well. Ah. Yeah. Oh, and I do have one bonus fact as well. Um, that Fallon, I think it's Fallon anyway, the, the government dude, uh, is played by Ned Bellamy, who appears in Scrubs as Dr. Green, which made me think about that Ted comment all over again. Oh. Lots of little facts in this. So they all went on to do yeah, they were all jobbers, I'm guessing. They were all just, yeah, this yeah. is another, another pay packet for him, isn't it? That was good. I liked that. That was uh, that was a lot more fun than actually watching the film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I never want to watch the film again. <sighs> well, you've got to pick the next one. And it has Andromeda. to somehow link to this. And I'm not watching Andromeda. I'm not watching <laughs> The Erotic Adventures of Hercules with my sister. <laughs> and we already had, yeah, it was weird enough talking about knockers last week and then exploding fannies. <laughs> <laughs> So, in conclusion, then, that was 1993's Carnosaur. Uh, if you want to tell us what you thought about it, you can follow us on Twitter at Hallmark of Great or on Instagram and Facebook at Hallmark of Greatness, or you can just write to us. 
Email or you can us. just bleach a message on a lawn. Yeah, do that with... Um, I mean, there's multiple mediums. I think there's loads of ways to send us a raven, uh, <laughs> hire a skywriter, write it on a piece of cardboard and go to a protest. I'd like to see that, actually. Someone at a protest with Hallmark Cranes, you had knobs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just be, yeah, there's loads of ways you can do it. Like we're, we're, we're open to suggestions. If you've got any suggestions for films... I mean, I guess it has to... Uh, did we agree that it's got a link to the previous film somehow? The more tenuous, the better. Yeah, I'm in for that. Yeah, why not? So, because, yeah, we had Bloodfist. This is Bloodfist 2's uh, composer. That's the word I was looking for. So, yeah, if you've got anything, like, really cool that can come off the back of this one, let us know. Um, other than that, your favourite quotes from the film? The egg. The cosmic egg. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Bye. Bye.